0: All right, all right, all right. I'm glad we already have a few in the wings there. (laughs) I appreciate it. Uh, Welcome back to Liberty and Health, everybody. This is episode number 243. I've been meaning to do this for quite a while, so um, I won't keep you guys too long in this because we got a little bit to cover. I don't know how long I'll go for or depend on how active the chat is and all that good stuff. Um, So uh, the question we're seeking to answer today is, is China buying up all the farmland in the United States? We've heard this a lot. So uh, really excited to discuss it with audience um so please make sure you are like subscribe share this if you can um hit all links below for elementy the world's best electrolytes uh, tigerfitness.com the uh, world's best supplements and also fox Suns coffee for some amazing coffee love their dark roast and some of their other uh that they got going on as well um so i don't want to keep you guys too long in this beginning part of the show so without further ado let's go what is up everybody Man, I'm doing as good as anyone can do getting buried by his 13-year-old son on leg day. <laughs> I'm not going to apologize for not being on this podcast because I got to go see Metallica. So if that's a problem, kiss my ass. Oh, am. Okay. All right. <laughs> Alright, alright, alright. So, I wanted to start the series for quite a while because I noticed that there was a lot of uh, anti-China propaganda going around. Apologies, of course, my dogs don't like it either. <laughs> but uh, there's a lot of anti-China propaganda going around. And if you've been a listener of this show for any extended period of time, then you know that like my big issue is the coming hot war with China. Um, that's where it's really going towards. And that's the way the U S officials are talking about it right now is that, uh, by, I can't remember the exact U S official, but, uh, they said by 2025, um, we will more than likely be in a hot war with China. Um, do I think that's possible? Um, maybe, I don't know. Yes, always yins. That is exactly what it is. (laughs) Um, that's one of my biggest issues is, uh, the coming hot war with China that, um, all Republicans are horrible on this issue. All Democrats are horrible on this issue. Um, I think Thomas Massey is one of the notable examples of somebody who is really voted against a lot of this kind of stuff. Um, George Santos, who's I think a, a gay Republican from New York, funny enough, uh, has spoken out against a draft to fight a war with uh, Taiwan or fight a war with China over Taiwan. So um big ups to him on that. He's bad on some other issues, I'm sure. I just don't know that much about him. But um I was originally going to entitle this kind of list and series of podcasts. And this is just going to be like a week after week thing. I'll um, we'll probably have some other guests on, but I really wanted to do a series on debunking propaganda. Um, originally, it was going to be debunking anti-China propaganda. But I figured um, just saying debunking propaganda overall would probably be a little bit more apt because I'll probably do some other stuff other than just anti-China propaganda. Because there's only like four or five things I could think of that uh would need debunking and i've debunked them on the show before but i'd also like to have like dedicated episodes to doing um debunking of propaganda and you know regime talking points so um the one i wanted to focus on today that is all over the news and all over all media you hear everybody talking about this is uh china is buying up all the farmland um I've heard Steve Bannon say it, Matt Gates say it, Stacey Abrams, as we'll see, has said it, uh, Ron DeSantis, um, you name the prominent political figure, and you could probably find them saying that China's buying up all the farmland. Um, it's been, even RFK has said it, and he's actually pretty good on the China stuff. Um, he recognizes that, uh, you know, is an economic competitor and that we shouldn't fight a hot war with them, which is like, <laughs> that's all I'm asking for, man. Just don't, like, say we're not going to go to war with China. And believe it like you have to really mean it uh, because that would involve a lot of bad stuff and all the war games that they've ran. Um, If you listen to Scott Horton's episode with Loud Goldstein, they actually ran through all the war. He's one of the guys that does all like these war simulations and every single time the U.S. loses every single time. You know why? Because Taiwan is 90 miles off the coast of China. It is about 77, I think it's almost 8,000 miles away from the US. I put up a tweet the other day without like the exact mileage and all that, especially with Ukraine. And um, yeah, it's thousands and thousands and thousands of miles away. Uh, with the changing world orders that Ray Dalio has theorized, the charted cycle of an empire in the phases, interesting chart. And if it's true, a war will happen. Um, with the way that the US is um, talking about things, I hate to say it, but I mean, they're really gearing up for it. As um, Connor Freeman, who's been on the show before, has detailed out many a times um, that uh, th- th- it is the largest arms in military buildup since World War II. Uh, I mean, you got the bases in the Philippines. Uh, the arms guarantees uh, the, you know, signing, signing ar- or sending troops to Papua New Guinea and also guarantees for them uh, trying to, you know, get all in good with uh india also you know japan doubling their military budget by 2025 um just lots of stuff going on when it comes to building up specifically around china and then you know there's a lot of stuff about nato creep- creeping over towards russia but um we're not really going to focus on that in this episode today maybe uh in a future episode we'll tackle that a little bit more yeah i would definitely agree kevin that uh it's declining empire flailing um It's pretty much what it is. But um, the the one thing that a lot of people kind of miss about China-U.S. relations is that uh, China needs, you know, a lot of farmland to maintain their populace, which we're going to talk about in this show in particular. Um, They don't have a lot of farmable soil. Their country is mostly desert, and they also have all these wild housing projects that they do. They build up ghost cities and tear them down again just to make it look like they're doing well. And they also have a very, very large population. So we're going to talk about some of that in today's show. So once again, if you haven't yet, please like the video. And um, let me add this to the screen, and we're going to watch this. This is from, <laughs> as uh, people entitled it, the uh, woodshed debate. Maybe I should do this because it's a little bit. Yeah, there we go. I like that a little bit more. Um, he it was called the woodshed debate because it was uh Stacey Abrams, Brian Kemp and uh, Shane Hazel. Who's been on the show a couple times to uh, you know, for the governor debate for Georgia and Stacey Abrams had asked this of Shane. So um, hopefully it doesn't echo. It should look, because I don't have my headphones on, but uh, here let's uh, let's listen to what Stacey Abrams has to say or has to ask Shane and we will kind of get into this a little bit more. Stacey Abrams, you get the next question for Shane Hazel. Mr. Hazel, Republicans and Democrats have raised the alarm over the rise in the Chinese Communist Party backed companies purchasing American farmland. To date, they've purchased more than 1 million acres of farmland in the state of Georgia. Would you agree with Mike Pompeo that allowing those purchases in the state of Georgia is a sign of madness? And would you be concerned about the national security implications of the Chinese Communist Party purchasing this land with the support of the state of Georgia? Um, I won't let Shane's answer play. I, I got to say I was a little bit disappointed in his answer because I think he could have shot back with the fact that uh, it's just some of the information here. But also, let's go over to this. Uh, let me make sure that we got the right thing here. Share this tab instead. OK. Uh, Santa signs bills banning Chinese citizens from buying land in Florida. Um, Republican governor says bills are meant to counteract the malign influence of the Chinese Communist Party in the state. Um, I won't read this whole article, but I just kind of wanted to give you guys a little bit more proof that this is quite a big talking point. I'm sure if you guys have listened to any right-wing media, then you've heard them talk about it. Uh, Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida signed a series of bills on Monday that bans Chinese citizens from buying land in the state. In a recent news release, the Republican announced his signing of that bill and two others that are meant to counteract what he described as the malign influence of the Chinese Communist Party in the state of Florida. One bill restricts Chinese nationals from buying land in Florida unless they're also American citizens or permanent residents. Chinese citizens with non-tourist visas mean while would be limited to buying fewer than two acres of land it is at least five miles away from any military institutions. The Tampa Bay television news outlet WTVT reported on um, the bill also restricts foreign citizens of other countries from buying land under certain circumstances, Russian, Iranian, Cuban, Syrian, North Korean, and Venezuelan citizens are not allowed to purchase land within 10 miles of military bases under the measure, but can still buy property elsewhere in Florida. Um, like I said, I don't want to riff on that too, too long, but uh, as you could see here, it is quite a th- Thing that they're really going after this idea of China buying up all the farmland. um And as I've detailed out before, and as everybody's probably well aware of, um DeSantis has been, he's a neocon. People don't like it when I say that, but he is. He agrees with all the militarism and all the buildups. And it's pretty funny to hear people say that he would end the war in Ukraine, but he's been so wish washing on that issue and just has provided no substance on that matter. Um, But of course, he mentions Iran. You can't be Iranian because, you know, he's a mega Iran hawk, Um, Venezuelan, because he's a major hawk on, you know, the South Americas as well. But, uh, you know, kind of all that stuff there. Um, But once again, they're always mentioning it's a CCP buying all the farmland, but they never tell you like the full context of it and like what percentage they actually own. They never give you the full information. So. Um, I wanted to do a, a little bit of a dive on this, and I want you guys to kind of hang with me here. Um, I'm going to pull this back up to the uh, screen here, and we will go through this. Um, so I apologize if you can't, if you guys can't quite read that. I'll try to zoom in a little bit. There we go. Um, so this is a PDF from the Census.gov. Um, who owns america's farmland and before people say that oh it's the government providing you this um the government is very very everybody in the government is extremely hawkish on china so therefore wh- why would they lie about who owns the farmland um so who owns america's farmland there are nearly two million fewer owners of the u.s agricultural land now than in 1945 this dramatic drop is mostly due to our steadily declining population of farmers periodic censuses surveys by the uh, Census Bureau Detail Farm Production Operations and Owners. Uh, The 1988 Agricultural Economics and Land Ownership Survey features data on farmland ownership for the calendar year 1988. And this brief brief survey highlights data from that survey. So yeah, you could say that this is a little bit old, but we'll also get into a little bit more current data. Um, Most landowners are farm operators. So in this graph here, there's a total of 3 million owners. Many farmland owners don't own farms. So right here, there's a little white area where it says both uh, farm and rent their land. The others, uh, 6% don't farm, only rent their land. Others, 44% and farm all their land is uh, 50% and that's 3 million owners. Um, most land required is someone not a relative. Other 6% uh, purchased from a relative is 18%. inheritance or a gift is 25% and purchased from non-relative is 51%. Um, So, yeah, this is all pretty old, but like I said, we are going to get a little bit more current data. Um, I just figured we would breeze through this real quick. And we'll move on to this here. Um, So this is from the American Action Forum. Uh, I I shot the shit with uh, some of the guys um, from like the anti-war um antiwar.com and the libertarian institute just to kind of make sure there wasn't potentially anything that i was missing in this but uh they actually did a pretty good job of um kind of reading through this so um foreign ownership of u.s agricultural land this is published march 16th 2023 so this is a little bit more current um foreign ownership of u.s agricultural land the executive summary is that uh, Congress debates its economic and national security policy posture towards China. There has been an increased scrutiny of Chinese ownership of U.S. agricultural land. And um, While several recent studies point to an increase in Chinese-owned agricultural land, much of the conversation does not reflect the context of total private agricultural land ownership or Chinese ownership relative to inju- individuals from other countries. And that is a very, very good bullet point. Um, make sure you guys, if you're listening, you kind of keep that in the back of your mind because that will come up um, a little bit later. And uh, whenever people bring this up up to you. Just uh, remember this specific point because I'll give you more information here in a bit. Um, This research presents a broad look at data surrounding private ownership of U.S. agricultural land. It finds that roughly 3% of this land in acres is foreign owned with less than 1% of that slice owned by Chinese nationals. Let me read that again. This research presents a broad look at the data surrounding private ownership of U.S. agricultural land. It finds that roughly 3% of this land in acres is foreign owned. And that's all countries around the world. 3% is foreign-owned, with less than 1% of that slice is owned by Chinese nationals. So, introduction. Uh, In recent years, there has been significant debate in Congress and the White House about the economic and national security impacts of the United States' engagement with China. Since late 2021, these conversations have included increased scrutiny of the Chinese ownership of U.S. agricultural land. Currently, the federal government does not restrict foreign ownership of U.S. agricultural land, but the U.S. uh, Department of Agriculture does collect reports of such acquisitions. Um, To just kind of go on that right there, I actually don't think it's entirely a bad thing to have China owning farmland here because it actually incentivizes us to trade and have good relationships with other countries. Um, uh, People say that China's out there looking to sabotage the country but like anything that China does in regards to the U.S. it's generally brought on by the U.S. this isn't to say that everything that they do is right because it's not but like we largely encourage all the hostilities and the bad faith and whatever you want to say like a lot of the hostilities towards the us are strictly because what the us is doing around the world um if you had if china was building up in mexico and hawaii and all these other countries canada you name it um the us would nuke beijing in a heartbeat right they would have no problem sending nukes over there if they even did a fifth even like a tenth of what the U.S. is doing to China right now, um, they would absolutely lose their minds. um So, getting back, uh, members of Congress have proposed several pieces of legislation to have the federal government review, restrict, or uh, review or restrict purchases of U.S. agricultural land by Chinese entities, citing concerns for both national and food security. Some ostensibly believe that Chinese entities own substantial amounts of such U.S. land, and that the rate of increase of Chinese ownership is of particular concern. Um, now, there is some charts saying that they've substantially increased their land ownership over the last 10 years. Um, unfortunately, I do not have that graph on hand. But uh, even at that, if it's still less than 1%, what are we even talking about here? Is there really anything to this if it's less than 1%? And you got to remember, they said it's 1% of the 3% of all the foreign land owned or all the land that's owned in the U S from foreign countries. Moving on. Uh, Yet much of the analysis of Chinese ownership is not presented within the context of total foreign ownership of the U.S. agricultural land and within the context of total amount privately or total amount of privately held agricultural land in the United States. This research presents a broad look at the data surrounding private ownership of U.S. agricultural land. It finds that roughly three percent of this land in acres is foreign owned, with less than one percent of that slice being owned by Chinese nationals. Um. So I'll skip to the tables here. Um. Just because some of this stuff, you guys, um, I'll put the links in the description. I apologize for not having that in there, but I will after I'm done with the show. Um, So this is table one, top 10 foreign owners by acres of U.S. agricultural land in uh, 2021. So we are looking at number one is Canada. Canada has 12,000. I I can't read that number. I I think that's Uh sorry guys uh, I'm sorry twelve million eight hundred forty five thousand two hundred nine <clears throat> so they would rank at number one in the uh foreign um land ownership of the United States. uh netherlands coming in at number two that is four million acres. Uh, almost 5 million acres. I am not going to read these numbers exactly, but you can kind of get an idea of what they are. Uh, Italy is about two and three quarters million. The United Kingdom is about two and a half million. Germany is about two and a quarter million. Uh, Portugal is about a million and a half. Uh, France, 1.3 million. Denmark, uh, 800,000. Luxembourg is 800,000. Ireland is about 760,000. So if you look in the top 10 from 2021, the top 10 from 2021, China's not even in the top 10, not even in the top 10. Uh, they have to feed all those workers that make all our shit. Yes, they do. And to that point, um, when people talk about China's GDP, they also forget that in order for China to maintain its GDP, they actually have to use that against their population to a degree, as in to maintain their infrastructure and all that other stuff. So uh, yeah, they do. it is kind of in their best interest to maintain good relations with other countries because they have to import a decent bit of their food because once again, so much of China is actually made up of deserts. Uh, so I'll skip to the next thing. Top 10 foreign owners by land value. So this is like the value of land. And you could see how this almost gets a little silly because, uh, value subjective at the end of the day. So, you know, you could say maybe like the flat land is a little bit more valuable because you could use that for more stuff. And then maybe like buying the forest land isn't as valuable because you can't do quite as much farming or stuff like that. But, uh, you know, just to kind of prove their point here uh table two top 10 foreign owners by land value of U.S agricultural land uh Canada is number one because they own the most so theirs is um once again total acres is almost 13 million um and and that value is more than it's almost more than the Netherlands and Germany combined so um as you could see Canada Netherlands and Germany own the uh most like expensive farmland but of the top three like that own the most total acreage is Canada, Netherlands, and Italy. So uh then number four would be Germany, Italy would be number five, United you know, Kingdom after that, Portugal, France, Japan, Sweden, and then at number 10 in foreign uh, um in foreign land value, foreign ownership land value. Apologies. <laughs> uh China is at number 10. But, um, they only have 383,935 total acres and, you know, as compared to like number 10 in the issue or in the total land ownership is, uh, Ireland and Ireland has more than double of uh, China's total land ownership. So this really just kind of defeats the, uh, the whole argument. That they're buying all the farmland because they're not even in the top 10. So, um, in my mind you should be more concerned with canada because their government is they're right above us right so in the situation that there would be any issues with canada um you know they own way 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 exponentially more farmland than china does i mean it's not even close so i'll continue right underneath this graph and we'll kind of keep breezing through this and uh you know hopefully you guys find this useful um to understand the extent to which u.s agricultural land is foreign-owned And at how foreign ownership has changed over time, it is also essential to look at foreign ownership within the context of total private ownership of U.S. agricultural land. Acreage privately owned U.S. agricultural land, roughly 1.3 billion acres, has not changed over the last decade. That's notable. Foreign ownership of this land has changed somewhat, as shown in chart one. In 2011, 25.7 million acres of U.S. agricultural land was wholly or partly owned by foreign entities. In 2018, the number of foreign-owned acres crested 30 million, and in 2021, foreign entities owned over just 40 million acres of U.S. agricultural land. On the other hand, in 2011, 1.26 billion acres of agricultural land was domestically owned, and in 2021, that number is 1.25 billion. So... We're really talking about next to nothing that has really changed in the last 10 years when it comes to, um, you know, domestic land ownership. I mean, 1.26 billion acres is uh, still owned. you know, It's owned in the U.S. and we're worried about not even 400,000 acres owned by China. That's really what we're worried about. And let's say once again, they never bring up any of these other countries, but that's because the U.S. is building up against these other countries they're considered friendly to the U S we could be friendly with China too. (laughs) As Ron Paul always said, it didn't have to be this, or it doesn't have to be this way. Uh, So let's go here to domestic and foreign ownership of U S agricultural land and acres, 2011, 2021. Um, As you could see, if you, for those listening, um, (laughs) the blue lines from 2011 to 2021 remain virtually unchanged. I mean, if you look at it really close, you can see it's like, ever so slightly down but you really can't tell um now the orange lines you could see are they're not even like not even like a a 20th of these other ones so in 2011 it's pretty small but then even in 2021 it's still nothing compared to all the domestic uh, land ownership um, so in terms of percentages shown in table three, foreign entities own 2% of U.S. agricultural land in 2011 and in 2021, foreign entities own 3.1% of this land. The percentage increase of foreign land ownership may be substantial, but in the context of total agricultural land, foreign entities still own a marginal fraction of this land. Uh, so moving on. Um, year the percentage of foreign held us agricultural land um we'll go year by year here 2011 2%, 2012 2%, 2013 2%, from 2014 to 15 that's 2 to 2.1%, from uh 2016 that's 2.2, 2017 2.3, 2018 2.5, 2019 2.7, 2020 2.9 and 3.1 in 2021. Uh, so moving on here, Chinese ownership. And just to belabor the point a little bit more, I know you guys are probably sick of it. Bill Gates owns 270K of farmland by himself. That's pretty crazy. Yes, he would be in that group of private ownership. Um, and I would be more concerned with what Bill Gates wants to do with that farmland than China. Um, I, I do believe we should ask questions about that. I believe that, you know, I, I don't know all that crazy shit about Bill Gates, but, um, I, I know that he's a big, um, you know promoter of like a vegan lifestyle but that being said um you know you need a lot of good farmland to you know mine the soybean or not mine but like out of the soybeans and stuff like that because the soil you have to have very very rich soil because it gets depleted very very quickly if you're doing a lot of plant agriculture um and to my understanding and i'm not the expert on this but uh if you have like cows and you know grass-fed grass-finished meat being your regenerative agriculture so basically like cows bison and ruminant animals kind of living and existing in that biome it actually helps regenerate the soil so versus when you have plant agriculture um that actually damages the soil to a great degree so moving on here Chinese ownership of U.S. agricultural land, the primary debate in Washington, D.C. is not just about the concept of foreign ownership of U.S. agricultural land, but to the extent to which Chinese entities own U.S. agricultural land. This concern has become especially pronounced as strategic competition. <laughs> they no longer really use that. Um, well, they kind of do. Um, between the United States and China it increases it is, um as a foreign policy issue. In 2011, Chinese entities owned 69,295, 70,000 acres across the U.S. 70,000. The number of acres held by Chinese entities increased dramatically in 2013 as demonstrated in chart two after the Chinese company Shanghai International, that's probably not it, Shuanghui, I don't know, International acquired the American company Smithfield and thereby its agricultural land. After its acquisition, Chinese entities own about um, a quarter of a million, 248,503 um acres of us agricultural land shangui International's company or purchase of smithfield was highly debated at the time the senate committee on agriculture nutrition and forestry held a hearing in 2013 in which several members expressed concern with acquisitions citing economic and food security the chinese company voluntarily submitted the transaction to the committee on forest investment uh, on foreign investment in the united states Um, an independent panel tasked with ensuring foreign investment in the United States does not harm national security for review. Ultimately CFIUS allowed the purchase of Smithfield to proceed. Um, so for those listening, you can see the graph, um, they kind of graph it out where, um, in 2011 they had, as I said earlier, about 70,000 acres. And then from 2013, all the way up to 2019, um, their total land ownership had, pretty much stayed the same, right at about 250,000. And then in 2020, it jumped quite a bit. In 2021, it kind of leveled off a little bit. It still went up, but not um, an insane amount. Uh, So here we'll go to the next chart. Like I said, I don't want to uh, belay or, you know, bore you guys with all the text and the article here. So uh, um, this chart here, um, total total foreign and Chinese ownership of U.S. agricultural land in acres 2021. So total foreign um, ownership were at a little bit above 40 million. And then China, when you compare them side by side, it's like not even close. China doesn't even like you can hardly even see it on this graph. Um, like I said, I'll have the links in the description so you guys can look at this if you want. Um, Proposals for increased scrutiny. The federal government does not currently restrict how much agricultural land foreign entity can own. Some states, however, do expressly impose restrictions on such ownership. As of January 2023, 14 states, mostly in the Midwest and Great Plains, prohibited or restricted foreign ownership of agricultural land. 29 states expressly allow foreign entities to own agricultural land and seven are silent on the issue. Texas is one of the states that expressly allows foreign owners for agricultural land despite the Lone Star Infrastructure Protection Act. This is because the law itself restricts certain countries from engaging in infrastructure but allows physical ownership of farmland. Several states, including Florida, Alabama, Mississippi, Montana, proposed legislation to change the way they treat foreign ownership of agricultural land. Um, the California state legislature passed a bill in 2022 that would have prevented these kinds of purchases, but it was vetoed by the governor um so they just talk about some other stuff there they have a whole bunch of sources down here below um i I thought this article was absolutely fantastically written so i highly recommend you guys check this stuff out um their conclusion as congress um sorry (laughs) as congress debates imposing federal restrictions on foreign ownership of u.s agricultural land is it is crucial that members have a clear understanding of the extent to which foreigners own this land as well as ownership breakdown among countries um yeah they got 10 sources in here. So um, I think this is absolutely fantastic Um, right up here. um, Let me remove this and I'll just shoot the shit with you guys for a few minutes. Um, Yeah. I think that was a phenomenal breakdown and really does detail out just how little land ownership there is from China and the United States. Even when they bought a corporation, um, they still don't own all that much. So I, I know this gets thrown around so much. I've heard it in the presidential debates and I've heard you know every single China hawk bring this up, but there's just there's virtually no truth to it. They're not buying up all the farmland. They're they're once again, they're not even in the top 10. I don't even think they're in the top 20. When I uh looked at it last, um I was trying to find a specific PDF, but I couldn't find it. So um let's move on to Statista here. Um, now this is going to give a little bit of context as to why they might own land here in the U S and it, it makes sense. But, uh, so let me share this tab instead and move this back up in here. Uh, so value of the U S food products imported to China between 2011 and 2021. So actually if you see here in 2015, it peaked and then in uh, 2021, it's coming back up, but it's still not as high as it was. Um, this statistic Im, um, illustrates the import value of food products from the us to china between 2011 and 2021 in 2021 china's food imports from the united states to amount around to three billion dollars uh, from the 2.2 billion dollars in the previous year um so as we could see we're at about um you know 1.5 billion back in uh 2011 and then it topped off at about 3.6 billion in, uh, 2015. And it went down, it, it bottomed out in 2017 at uh 1.8 billion. And then now we're back up to about 3 billion in uh, 2021. So, um, the reason why I'm sharing this is just to, uh, kind of let you guys know, or, or to explain a little bit why they might want to do this. As I said earlier, a lot of China is actually desert and it's not able to be farmed appropriately. So it's actually, um, it's kind of in their best interest to, uh, Get some farmland outside of their own country so that way they can feed their population because they have a population of, you know, over a billion people. I mean, they're a sizable fraction of the planet. So that being said, they have to do something to feed those people. Um, So like and also kind of get into a little bit more of the foreign policy aspect of this Um, part of the reason why. China wants to broker peace between Russia and Ukraine is because they want to use that farmland as well. They want to get, you know, their soil and some of their natural resources in Ukraine because they have a lot of like grain and stuff like that. And um, to be able to import that to their country to once again help feed their population. Um, and, you know, there is the stereotype of, you know, all Chinese people eating rice and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, they would get some of those grants from Ukraine, so they would see a benefit for um, seeking peace with Ukraine and Russia. Um, And then obviously the U.S. has done a lot to kind of drive Russia and China together, which it should have been like, hey, if we're going to do anything, why don't we drive them apart? but they've done everything but that. So I know this is a little bit of a shorter show, but I hope it was informative. And for all my China Hawk followers out there, you can uh, listen to this and cope and see, then hopefully you change your mind on this issue because this is a very, very important issue and people are going to widely debate it, but here are the facts. I gave them all to you and it's up to you to do with this information. as you please? Um, if you guys still got any more you know, questions or anything like that, then... Um, you know, is what it is. I appreciate you guys hanging out for this uh, brief show, but I really want to get this out there just to kind of solidify this into people's public consciousness, so that way, um, you know, you're armed with the, the correct information, and you know, you can provide this for other people. Hopefully, we can kind of direct the conversation towards like, hey, why don't we have peace? What's so wrong with that? We don't got to fight a war with these fucking people. Like, that's fucking insane. So, um, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, two more Common Crown shows coming up. Uh, we have, uh, one on the 14th, one on the 28th. And if you're in the Southwestern Pennsylvania area, I'd love to see you. I'd love to hang out with you and, uh, have you hear the, uh, legendary tunes that I think we belt out. Um, tomorrow night, Cynthia Cowie is going to return. We're going to talk about the, the GOP debates and the Trump speech, some of that stuff. Um, I don't know. Brady Leonard may join. I'm going to have to reach back out to him and see what he's doing. And if he's not able to, then it'll just be Cynthia and I shooting the shit about the, uh, with the GOP um cognitive vigilance as always on thursday night uh next week i got some awesome 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 shows coming up for you um let me make sure it is next week yes next week i cannot wait for you guys to see these guests um one in particular is gonna be really cool um and to let everybody know that uh listening to this right now um that guest has been on lex friedman um he was on soft white underbelly and he's done a ton of bigger podcasts so um Really excited to get him on and have a chat with him, And I think it's going to piss off quite a few people, but I'm totally good with that. And, uh, you know, hopefully you guys find all the information I put out there helpful. Make sure you like, subscribe, share, do all that good stuff. And until next time, everybody, thank you so much for listening. Um, Hit all the links below to find me and what I got going on. And as always, stay jacked, stay tan, stay happy. And until next time, take care.